0: Hola, and welcome to the Ancestor Hour, where we have intimate conversations. Girl, we're gonna be talking about it all. Yeah, we are. And how we've reclaimed our medicina.
1: And how you can too. So grab your cafecito and join us on this conversation. Hola, hola. Hello, familia. Thank you so much for tuning in to our very, 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 First podcast together. We are so excited to be here today with you. My name is Daniela. I am Chilena with Mapuche um, roots, indigenous Mapuche roots. I'm currently in the beautiful state of New Jersey. Landed here, I always joke around with my, my family that why didn't we just literally go up to California where it our, the weather is very much like Chile. No, we had to go across the way where it's just so damn cold. And my medicina is really um, creating space, safe space, transformational space for women. Um, I use cacao. I use um, my Mapuche indigenous medicine, medicina that I learned from my abuelita and photography. So that is who I am. And I'm excited to be here with Georgina, um, just connecting to her and, and having you guys, like, this is a beautiful combination. And I can't wait for you guys to, to feel all the energy that is coming out of this space.
0: Absolutely. And, you know, thank you to everyone who's joining us, who's going to be joining us and being part of our journey. My name is Georgina. I am in California. So my mom did it the right way, like, because I'm so not a snowbird. (laughs) Um, I am, according to my DNA, I'm kind of from all over the place, you know, those damn colonizers. But you know what? I kind of just love that about me because I think all the places call me home, which I very, very much, you know, love that. But um, I think that's where I get the wanderlust and just want to keep going and exploring like all the places. But my, um, my roots are from Mexico. um, And my medicina, I'm a curanderismo practitioner. And I really, I really feel like I'm going to be a forever student. I think there's just so much beautiful magic and medicine from our culture, um, from our heritage, and just really connecting with other women. You know, Daddy and I, um, we've been able to cultivate such a beautiful relationship from the very first moment and I learned from her and she learns from me and I think building this type of community with these type of conversations is just going to continue to grow our magic and our medicina and we are so excited to be here and having these beautiful platicas with you um, because you're gonna get the good the bad and the ugly so Mm -hmm. let's do this
1: well I really love the way that we connected the first time because we were like we saw each other and so you guys we literally have never met in person this is like social media magic right here and we saw each other I, I reached out to i reached out i think yeah i reached out to you and i was like oh my gosh i'm so infatuated so in love like <laughs> let's get together let's talk on on social media like let's talk on zoom and it really literally our first conversation was about stepping into, you know, having first generation me, for me, it's like, like I came from Chile, like all the things that happened and the way that we've been reclaiming our medicina and the magic of, of, you know, even social media, how social media has created the space for so many of us to connect, um, and not connect in a space where it's about, it's about just connection. It's really about connecting to not only to your, the people who are around you, but also to that medicina and to that, those roots.
0: Again, it's beautiful, you know, being able to, um, walk this path because not everybody understands, you know, kind of the journey of reclaiming Um, You know, the pieces that have been lost, you know, through the process, through being first generation, through so many different things and being able to have these conversations um, with other other women who are doing their work and doing their healing and also reclaiming and reawakening their beautiful medicine and their magic. It really makes you feel um not only connected but that you aren't alone because a lot of times we do this work and we're doing this healing and yes it's introspective and we have to you know do do a lot of that healing on our own and and do those things but there's something beautiful that happens when you're able to connect with other people um who understand and who support and who just want that beautiful healing for you and they see you, right? And they and they validate, you know, all the things and all the feelings. And Danny, like, and I instantly were just like, so um, these conversations, like, as much as we're gonna try and structure them, I don't know that that's always gonna work out because <laughs> we're just because we talk about all the things. So if you're here to be prim and proper, this might not be for you. Just want to put that out there because. You know, I don't want to fit into a stereotype that we're kind of spicy, like we add a little flavor, we're going to do we're going to do the things and say the things and feel the things because we are choosing for this space to not be a toxic positivity space, all of our feelings are valid, all of the emotions are valid, all of the the things that we're experiencing as we go through and reconnect to ourselves and reconnect to the tierra and Pachamama and um, our ancestors—they're all valid, and it's going to look like a hot mess sometimes. And we're here for it.
1: Yeah, girl, you know it. And I think that that's important. Also, that we are going to bring in some mix of of you know indigenous uh, medicine into the space. Like we'll be giving the the audience um, a lot of the things that we've learned. And I think that that's the part that's really beautiful about why we started this, this podcast, because for us, there was, um, a platform where we didn't, we don't see a lot of indigenous medicine being put out there. Like it took me a long time, at least for myself, it took me a long time to find, Um, people and spaces and being able to connect and talk about all the things that were in included in the familia that other people understood. Like I was, I literally, when we came to the US and came to the space, I was the only indigenous in my school. And so there was a lot of there was no understanding and I had to really mesh in with the group because I also didn't want to, you know, I didn't want to be put aside. Like I wanted to connect so much to all the spaces that, um, that were here. Like it, you know, my family came here when I was about five years old and I remember, going to school and not knowing any English, it was literally, that's my doggie. It was literally, um, it was literally like, I only knew pencil and I only knew my name. Like somebody said name and I would say Daniela and, and bathroom, which was really important, like the bathroom. So it was really a space of not being able to connect to other Indigenous communities like my family when we came in that, and not to say that there was there wasn't any other because there was other I, my my family just chose to not um have me with others um and it was a whole it's a whole different that's like a whole different subject in its own yeah but um but I really I didn't connect so I didn't connect at all and i don't know how you felt when you were little and connecting to
0: those spaces yeah absolutely i felt you know for me um and this is probably you know a whole other podcast being you know first generation and being disconnected from our culture and our heritage because our families wanted us to assimilate they 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 came to this country for that opportunity and they knew that the advantages were for us to assimilate as much as we could to try to be like everybody else, to learn the language, to be in those spaces, to, um, kind of suppress, you know, those other pieces of ourselves. Um, at least for me, um, I was told very English is your first language. You need to be able to speak English properly. You need to, you know, um, do that. And so, for me, I, I, I at home started to feel that, um, being Mexicana was less than because everything else needed to be first. And so Mm -hmm. that created an internal struggle within myself for, for a really long time. Um, even though I grew up in, um, Los Angeles and stuff, and there was, you know, um, A big Latin community in my particular household is, no, you're American, you're going to speak English, and you're going to suppress those other things. And um, I would be embarrassed because I wouldn't look like anybody else. Um, My household was kind of unique in the sense that, um, you know, I grew up with um, white brothers and sisters and, and different things. And so I always looked different. I always... Um, was different. And so that created a really big, you know, um, divided my spirit and wanting to be in those spaces and claim that medicina because it, it wasn't allowed. You were American and you had to look American and speak American and, you know, be in that space. And so um, I know you and I have discussed this a lot. That's why this part of ourselves was always calling us back home.
1: Yeah, I, I, so yeah, all those pieces so resonate with that because for me too, with one difference, like there, my, my parents did um, create a space where when I was at home, I had to speak Spanish. It was like one of those things that you're outside and it was like, you're here and in, in this country, but when you step into this house, this is a complete Chilean house. And so I wasn't allowed to speak English to them. Like it was one of those things that was like, okay, like you speak. So for me, it was like that division between both worlds. Like I never fit into either because I wasn't American enough to be here and I wasn't Chilean enough to be in Chile. It was one of those (laughs) things that it was just so crazy. And like when I go to Chile, like I feel so home. In that land, because it was literally when I was, I remember like taking an airplane and, and coming here. And, and the reason, you know, there is so many, I was five years old, but there was such a crazy impact of shifts in energy for me because I came in that, the Chile is tropical because I come from the middle of Chile. So there is always seasons but when I, I never saw snow. So when I came here in February, there was like so much snow. I remember my dad, like he's a a five foot 10 man and his knees, like the snow came up to his knees. It was one of those years that like, there was so much snow. So that shift in energy and the shift of where I went to when we first got here really created the catalyst of me always yearning to be back Mm -hmm. home but also knowing that I wasn't going to go back home like it was like this was a permanent situation Mm -hmm. and I was creating a life here for myself because my parents like like yours wanted to give me the best opportunity for for me to succeed in this life and also the the culture, the things that you learned, the like just being ripped away from that land. And I don't know, like it just, it, it just feels so raw. So I think that there is such a, a, like a, a need for this conversation because, you know, nobody really talks about the emotional trauma of what it feels like to be to not belong in
0: either places right. to have your spirit displaced. You know what right. I mean Because it's calling someplace and that all of that, all those, all those things. Um, because even though I'm, I'm like an hour from the border. Like I, I know where Mexico is like Tijuana. Like I know where that is, but for me, it's like, you're not Mexican enough for the Amer, the Mexicans, but then you're not American enough for the Americans. So where does right. that leave you? Right, you're kind of in this in between space, and not that neither side wants you, but it there's something missing, right? Right. And you and I have have discussed that, and we came to a point in our life, even though we were doing the work. I think we both met each other um, in a place where not only did we want to connect with ourselves, you and I, you know, spoke about wanting to connect with other women who were on this journey, who were reclaiming those pieces, who were bringing awareness to themselves, um, through their medicine and through their magic, even though we didn't know what that was, you know, there wasn't really a term, you know, we just knew that it was calling us that our spirit was calling to our ancestors without even knowing that's that's what it was. And so um, these conversations and I'm not I'm not gonna say that oh, they're not being had, but I don't know that I was open to receiving those messages until I came to a point where I wasn't going to deny that piece of myself anymore. Right, right. And I think yeah. you were the same you're like, I don't want to deny who I am. I don't want to deny my spirit that magic. I don't want to deny my ancestors the healing and myself the opportunity to learn and grow and be in this beautiful place. Because as hard as it is to heal, it's like so much more powerful and beautiful to step into that place of of expansiveness, right? Right. When you now... Can can be in that place where your ancestors got your back. You're in tune with Creator. You go out and appreciate Bach Mama in this whole new beautiful way. You start attracting all of this, you know, all of this magic. All of you know, and I don't know what else to call it, you know. And you and I have discussed it, like because it's like this. It's this energy that it can't be named that you know, like, you know. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And I think that that's the part where it's, it's really, it's, it's so hard to explain, but you know, like you just know, you know that magic and you know, if you're listening to us, you know, that, that magic that's calling you. And I remember, I remember the first time that I felt it. And I was like, I remember like a shift in me that it was like I was doing my photography, and I had this whole like. Before I was doing photography, I landed on this book the the Wild Woman, who like what is that? Oh, I forget what that book is called, and I always forget the one with the um running with the running with the wolves. Um, women who run with wolves. Women who run with wolves, and so I remember connecting to that book and saying, like, this is literally the most magical book that I have ever read. And it's written by one of the most magical humans that I have ever, like, just, like, knew. And I, I, from that moment on, when I started reading it, I remember my soul just saying, like, yes. Yes, 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 yes. All these aha moments from this one mm-hmm. place, and I remember after that, I was like, <clears throat> "I'm no longer gonna like re- dim down my light, and especially my light from where I'm coming from," because it felt, at least before this, before this kind of like moment, this catalyst moment that I felt was like. I don't know it was it was literally if you can picture like me sitting down reading a book but for me it was like like the jungle came alive <laughs> like we're all absolutely. around me, like, and so, absolutely and so absolutely all of a sudden it was like this push into into the world of I'm not going to I'm not going to dim my light anymore and I'm not going to be ashamed of where I'm coming mm-hmm. from a lot of shame Yes, yes. That comes from especially, Ooh. let's just call it out because when yes. you're coming from Europe and coming here into the US, it's like a whole different feel than when you're coming from South America into this land and South and in Central America. It's like there's a shame around the space of mm-hmm. um, people wanting to have a better life and coming and working here in the U S versus people coming from the European, you know, the, the, the other side of the world coming here and wanting to have a better, a better life.
0: It's like, absolutely. And we're witnessing it and we're not going to get super political, but maybe we might, but we see it right now with, Immigrants from Ukraine and what's going on there, as opposed to the immigrants that are already at the border, the Haitians that came, the difference in the way that we treat immigrants that are trying to come from this country based solely on the color of their skin. Exactly. And it's like, for me,
1: it's like, I just don't know where that disconnection comes in and where that, like, that almost like where I remember. An instance when my mom, cause my mom has a really heavy accent. I've mastered the Jersey accent, you know, like I definitely have, <laughs> through watching Smurfs, <laughs> watching Smurfs, I have, you know, I have mastered the, the Jersey accent, but my mom has, my dad has really heavy accents. Like they're, right. it's, it's heavy and i remember going to places and people listening to my mom and immediately they would they would think that she's ignorant that she hasn't had any education that she's ignorant that she can't understand anything that's coming out of like and they talk to her in a higher tone and a higher softer tone because they think that this is the way right. that she's understand meanwhile she's answering them in English, but they're still speaking to her as if they don't understand, like as if she doesn't understand them. And it's like, I like, of course, like, of course it was shameful to be associated because look at the way that our parents, like, I mean, at least my parents were treated horribly. Like it was, it was, I didn't, I, I needed to master that the language in order for me to disassociate myself from my heritage.
0: Right. And from what you witnessed and what you felt and what you saw and, you know, all of those pieces. And of course, you didn't want to be treated like that. You didn't want to look like that because obviously, you know, that comes with, you know, looking down on somebody, you don't want somebody to look at you. Or, you know, for me, you know, my mom drove this, oh, this burgundy old clunky van. And I was always so embarrassed, so embarrassed, like getting out of the the car. And I'm just like, Oh, just, you know, because we we lived in a predominantly, you know, kind of affluent area. And, um, you know, it was just it is same. It was the same. You know, I translated for my mom as soon as I could because she couldn't understand. And so I was already, you know, doing that and the looks and the stares. It's and as and you're not supposed not that you're not supposed to, but the childhood that you're supposed to have um isn't the same for other people when you are quickly put into a situation where you become um, the translator and you see the stairs and you see, um, kind of the ugliness that transpires from that. So you want to run the opposite direction. So it's not pointed at you, right? So you don't get those stairs. So you learn English, you become, you know, this other, not this other person, but almost, you know, this other person to disassociate from the feelings that 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 brings and you suppress anyways for me you know we suppress a lot of those things and it came to a point that i didn't want to do that anymore because yeah. i i wasn't embarrassed anymore i you know and we've discussed that um i didn't want to be embarrassed for who i was because mm-hmm. who i am is pretty badass
1: yeah it is it it is
0: badass. it's kind of badass, and I had to reclaim that, and I had to give myself permission to feel that way, and that was yeah. really hard it's really hard
1: really really
0: yeah for me too yeah. and and I mean it was yeah. so
1: like it was so obvious though that it, oh my like, gosh, I, remember, I know I remember being being a teenager and like now I I live in a predominantly white area mm-hmm. and the clothes. Can I just like, can we talk about the clothes? Like, okay. Like how did it not fit my body? I was like, mom, like, I like, I can't. like we would literally have to get bathing, like bathing suits and like go to Chile to buy jeans because, or have them sent because literally like, nothing fit and i'm like i don't like this is and then of course but then the craziness about it and i don't know how you were the craziness about it is like oh these jeans don't fit there's something wrong with me i have to lose weight i have to fit into. <sighs> meanwhile my whole body is like are you like are you kidding like <laughs> where like, I, in your body are you fitting into these jeans that like your body doesn't is never going to fit into this. It's never.
0: And that's so interesting because, right. And I don't know that you and I have discussed this or not, but you know, the last couple of days, you know, as an adult, like body dysmorphia is a real thing. It's a real thing for me. I, you know, you and I haven't discussed it, but, um, all of that resonates so much just because, the curves, the growth spurt, the boobs, the hips, the all the things that came with that and looking around, um, it, it drew for me, unwanted attention in a way that made me feel very uncomfortable. Um, because number one, I already didn't look like anybody else. And then all of a sudden, you know, there's all these hormones going on and then you're developing and stuff. And, getting all of these things, and trying to fit in, I was never going to be, you know, blonde hair, blue eye, California, slim, built, did it, did it, did it, like, it gave me so much body dysmorphia, like, still, I look in the mirror, and I'm just like, "Mm." like, it's still it still comes down, like, oh, you know, you really need to, you know, lose some weight, you need to, like, I still, I still talk to myself that way, I catch myself, and I'm just like, Girl, you need to stop. Like you need to stop yeah, that. Meanwhile, you.
1: If you go if you go cuz I know if I go to Chile, when I go to Chile, like everybody looks like me and I'm just like, "Oh, I'm just not oh. where I'm supposed to be." <laughs> like, literally you. my daughter. So I have my daughter who is 12 years old. She, you know, in Chile in Chile we have la guatita, which is like the stomach, right? We have like we always we always have a pooch a Hooch, I think that's the word yeah, in the front. Yeah,
0: yeah. and so my I daughter, call it my little kangaroo pouch, because that's where I get yeah. like my little Roo babies.
1: Yeah, <laughs> and I love it. And and Riley's like, mom, like nobody has this stomach. Nobody has this stomach. And I'm like, listen, I'm going to show you some pictures of some of your of chilenas, some of the girls who are your age. And she's like, wait, they're they all look like me. And I'm like, exactly. It's just because you're here and you're not there. Like you literally look like a little Chilean girl. So don't even like this whole thing about the way that you're supposed to look or fit in is literally all in your head. Because you're already fit then, in. It's just that you're not in the in the territory, I guess, that you're supposed to be.
0: And that's, you know, and just goes to to once again reclaiming. That heritage and reclaiming that culture and reclaiming, you know, those pieces of ourselves that were never meant to fit in. We were always meant to be who we were. And so many times here we are trying to fit ourselves into our box that was Mm -hmm. never meant to hold our magic. It was never going to. It was way more. It was more expansive. There was so much more to us and trying to fit in and assimilate into a box that was never meant to hold us. Because we were never going to look that way. We were never going to sound that way. We were never going to, you know, fit in. Even now, I definitely don't feel like I fit in. But now I, like, now I own it. I'm right. like, yes, I don't. Right? It's different, right? Like, we own it. We're just like, I don't want to fit in. Like, exactly. you do you. You dress like whatever. You could, everybody do, just just do you. Like, there's just so much more, you know, to to all of us as as we journey in this place and it's so interesting how all the little pieces you know stem from somewhere Mm -hmm. and it's a suppression right yeah yeah all those pieces we and I I love that I
1: love that that space of being of reclaiming because I think that that's the space that I definitely have thrived in the most. Like there's nothing like there was before I reclaimed my medicina, there was literally like I would do all these mindsets and do all these things. And nothing grounded me more than when I reclaimed my medicine. It was one of the most special, like one of those aha moments and so special. So how, how did you reclaim your medicine? Like, I, I want to kind of go into like, yeah, your- you know,
0: I think, you know, since we did our little introduction and went off a little bit, I, you know, you and I had a discussion on one of our earliest memories. Like when did we first know that there was something there? And I think we'll each kind of dive into our gifts a little bit because we do, you know, in, in Mexico, it's called a don, like everybody has a don, everybody has a gift. Everybody has, maybe you haven't discovered it or explored it or tapped into it yet, but we believe everybody, everybody has a don. And, um, you know, we talked about, I remember, being in LA and we used to have this like little side yard of like dirt. It was just dirt and it was like building blocks and we would go out there. It's like a sand pile and we would, you know, go out there and play. Um, it wasn't grass. It was just like pure dirt. Um, but I remember you and I had discussed it. I was like, Oh yeah, I'm going to go mix some potions and nobody, <laughs> right? Like. You know, I wasn't playing with dolls. I was not a girl who played with dolls. That was not my thing. But I will tell you a story about that because there was kukuis in the dolls. But that's a different story. We will get into that because, yes, we are going to be talking about the kukuis. Like that's because that's part of our journey. But I remember being on the side of the house and I would get a bowl. I was like, oh, let's make a potion. And I would go get some grass and then I would go get the dirt and I would go do this thing. you know. I don't know if that was normal, but it felt instinctual to me. It felt Mm -hmm. very comfortable for me to be like, I'm going to go mix potions. And that's what, that's what I was doing. No one ever told me. And I didn't find out until later of, you know, sharing a little bit about, um, my history, my great grandmother on, um, my maternal side, um, era bruja. That was, and not in the, I don't want to say brujas are good or bad. They just practice different types of, um, of brujería and medicine or whatever it is. Um, she practice more the dark brujería. That's what she did. You know, um, I believe in curses. Uh, that's because that's part of, my heritage, you know, I, I don't believe that you can have good without, you know, light without dark, the duality of all the things, right? So on my maternal side, uh, my great-grandmother era bruja. Um, My great-great-grandmother on my paternal side era curandera, Mm. which um, practices more the lighter healing arts of, um, of being a healer. And so, for me, I love that I have both because I definitely feel, you know, Girl, that duality. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> right because let's like, be honest, like we can, you know, be kind of bitchy and witchy. I mean, and so, yeah, exactly. right? And
1: in that in that sp- in, in that concoction that you created, it's like putting a little pepper in there for a little spice, like, you know, yes. you can have all the light, but there's, you there's gotta be the things. all the things. And I think that right?
0: that's the part and, that is just so beautiful about you. Oh, thank you. And, you know, so the reclaiming was I and I had heard the stories, you know, and um, Danny and I are going to be sharing stories like we've because there's there's just so much. But um, I remember mixing potions. um and that came to me in a conversation that you and I were having, and I was just like, "Oh my gosh, I totally forgot about that like it's just something that I didn't remember, and then obviously life happens and we grow and we do this thing and but I always heard stories my mom um she doesn't um not necessarily practices you know uh, any particular healing um thing, but my mom has a gift she sees um she sees and experiences thing both of my boys um one sees auras um the other one talks to spirit he can see other people so i mean there there's just a, a lot of things in my lineage so it was always very welcome the conversations were all, always welcome we we talked about you know brujería del rancho when my mom was growing up um she has tons of stories you know even here when we started experiencing things um when i lived in los angeles um, I lived in an old Victorian house from the 1800s and there was lots of stuff that would happen there. Lots of, lots of stuff, like lots of stuff. It's a story for a different wait. time. We'll talk about that. Oh yeah. We'll talk about that a different time. But um, so I always knew a bit, but it was scary because there wasn't really any context behind it. There wasn't like how to deal with it. There wasn't like how to protect yourself around it. There wasn't really anything. I just knew that it existed and um, you know, there would be shadows and there would be stuff and I'd be like, "Mm, okay, like, you know, not, it's not necessarily bad, but as a little kid, I mean, it would scare the, you know, the crap out of me because I didn't know and there was no protection and no conversations other than that. There's a Google, and you know, I was like, okay, like it was just kind of accepted. But did I feel that there was a gift there for me? Um, Not necessarily. It was just part of growing up and part of our stories and part of our history. It wasn't really until, um, I want to say into my thirties, um, I, I worked at a Catholic church when I was in my twenties. Um, so Catholicism growing up Catholic, that was a big part of, of who I was. And you and I have had those discussions, you know, and even though I, I don't practice, um, I'm not a practicing Catholic and stuff. There's a lot of very beautiful things that I take away from my time in the church, you know, the saints and the smells and the incense and all the beautiful things that come from that. And I still pray, you know, I, I know, you know, my Padre Nuestro and, you know, if I get really scared or something happens, you know, our father, who it comes out, it's instinctual. I know it's there to, you know, help protect me. And, Um, I remember, you know, being in Los Angeles and instead of a choir, we would have a mariachi. So like, I would love going to church because we had this like big old mariachi up on the balcony, just like doing all these things. So, um, I believed in miracles. I still believe in miracles, like all of the beautiful magic that stemmed from those pieces of my life. I still carry those with me. Um, but as I grew up, you know, um, I, I kind of stepped away from the church for my own personal reasons and different things. Uh, but I was still looking for something, I knew that there was something else. And I stepped into um, Buddhism and practicing Buddhism, um, which I loved, it came at a point in my life where it um, really made me in- introspective. A lot of the teachings were about Um, you are the creator of your life. Like you have the power and the knowledge and the know-how to create these things in your life. Because if we are all created by greatness, we inherently have greatness within us. Mm -hmm. And that completely switched things for me. And from a very unexpected place, right? It was, and I was like, Oh my gosh, I have, I am the magic. And that's how I took it. And, Um, I practiced practiced Buddhism for many years, Um, but then um, I kind of came out of that, and it still didn't fit, and I later reflected, it's because it wasn't home, because it wasn't mine. I mean, I've had, you know, Reiki sessions, and I've had all of these other cultures, And their teachings and their beliefs and, you know, all of these things around the world. But I never thought to go back to my own, to Mm -hmm. go back to my own cultura, to the tierra, to that place that was inherently within me because I was ashamed, you know, because I had suppressed it because I, all of those things for such a long time, even though clearly it was always there for me and I, and I sought those places in all the other teachings from all sorts of different places and cultures and, and beautiful heritages all over the world, but my own. Right. And it wasn't until I decided to be like, you need to stop looking outside of yourself and go go within and face those things that it completely shifted for me.
1: Mm. Yeah, I love that story so much because I think that that's the place where I think a lot of our listeners are going to be coming from. It's like how to reclaim your own medicina. And I really know that both of us really believe that that's the place where we really do create our magic and our our connection with ourselves, within ourselves, with our ancestors is really not... Like you can see other cultures and, you know, of course get Reiki and all the things, like all the beautiful things, but if there's something yeah. about really connecting back into your own roots and connecting back to your, to, to, you know, the medicina that you've been taught and that is inherited in you, the DNA that's right. in you, that yeah. things really create and shift and I guess for me it was kind of the same thing, and very much like connecting to other other cultures and seeing other cultures as being pr- really really cool. And was like, oh my gosh, that is so yeah. so much cooler than mine. Like of course it's like the little kid who is like, you have a, like you have a, a cooler st- stuff than I do. So, um, I. I literally like my, my grandmother. So my mom calls my grandmother a curandera because she was always just Creating all these things that we and la limpia de huevo like all the time, like mal ojo, and all the things would come into place, like you know, like la envidia, like you know, they're be- looking at you, and when you were a little baby, you would put on like a red something, a red ribbon, so nobody looks at the baby bad, and the and the baby all of a sudden, you know, and all- it, what, are we <laughs> what are we wearing? What are we like, wearing? All- so, like. Literally, like there's like so much medicine that and and for me, the reclaiming was really the part you know I went through a really like uh like a bad divorce and back in the day and then i I literally after that divorce um you know i I had two kids from from my with my ex and I remember like and it was so crazy, like I literally married like a suppressor. like I remember him saying, like I wanted my children to have like my name, my my last name as well, and it was like, no, they he they can't have like no, it's only my name like but and I would explain to him, like this is literally like like he would suppress my heritage, like I wasn't allowed to and listen. Like we all make choices and we all like, you know, all the things. So we're we're, like, there's no judgment here, but like literally like he would say, like I wasn't, I wasn't allowed to teach my children Spanish because like then he wouldn't really understand. There was a whole source of like, whatever. So I literally, after that divorce, I was, I felt like so much freedom of connecting back to my roots, connecting back to my land. And I remember my father, When I was like, it was just a little bit before we got, we got a divorce and my dad was like, remember your roots, like remember where you came from, like draw energy from that space, like draw, draw energy and strength from that land because it was so true. It was, it was literally, I was completely displaced from where I was, like my foundation like i didn't build a foundation here and i think that like for years and years and years and i think that that's so many reasons why for me home home like it is movable like I'm, I'm i'm never too like drawn to a, a, a specific space because it it just the foundation like my roots are really in chile like and that's really 100% true it's like always been in that space and then years later, when my grandmother passed away, and I and I, my grandmother, it was such a big role in our lives, like mm-hmm. you know, all the older generations wow. are. Yes. Like, like it, she was the the trunk of our of our family. So when she passed away, it was really like I the foundation was unsteady again, and mm-hmm. I really needed to to kind of connect back. To her, mm-hmm. in so many ways. And that's how I started to slowly reclaim my my heritage, because it was a sense of like, my foundation has been rocked. Like I have two children who have no idea about this other side of who they are because I, right. I suppressed it so much and I have melded in, even the foods were all like white based. Like it was like so crazy. Like my mom would say to me, like, where's the check? Where's the check done? Where's like, you know, all the empanadas and everything that you're like the spices that you're not introducing into their palates because regardless of what you're suppressing they still have their blood running Mm. through their veins that is indigenous mama like you they still are craving that regardless of whether you want to suppress it or not so we and like obviously like we know that even in 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 science palette like of where we come from is so important and and so through that through like the, the the melding of like connecting to to my grandmother connecting to how she used to cook connecting to you know the foods of chile connecting to like you know i still have family like like the majority of my family is in Chile. So like connecting more to my cousins that are in Chile and to the magic of, of them telling me the stories um of of my grandmother, of the land, like of Mapuche. It's been it literally has been such a beautiful journey. And I'm still learning. Like I think that we're we're both still learning, right? We're both still diving in. So we're not like I don't consider myself an expert, but every single thing that I learned it just brings more soulness to my work like it just it makes it so much deeper and i remember at one point like before all of uh, all of the all of the reclaiming my work felt so um so like at the surface level right it was like surface level i was still deep because i was it was i was always like a really deep person it was still at some in some ways deep but after i started to connect more to mi gente like my people and and connecting to those roots my work just became more richer and deeper and connected, it was no longer like the surface level, like let's just take it and like let's just you know come in and cross off the thing that we had to do to move on to the next thing. It's like, no, let's just relish in the depth of who we are and the magic that we wow. have within us. so it's been such a beautiful. Like journey and still journeying into the space of learning and and you know the the fortunate and unfortunate thing is obviously like I still have that family in chile you know who are very much there and connected to the land and all the things but the unfortunate part is that there's still this you know at least for me in Chile there's still this, um disconnection to the indigenous right it's like right. i remember i remember and so like all those people all those p- pieces right um that are indigenous are are almost stripped right because right there is a there is almost like um like a not wanting to admit that you are indigenous you know and it's like right it's
0: still it's still going on right it's right? still going on in, in many of our latin american countries um the hierarchy you know in the classism you know within the own countries and yeah. um you know the tech and all of the things and so there's there's medicina that's being lost right there's stories that are being lost there's um you know, all of these things that are so connected um, to those places that so many of us have lost because we've moved away from home, we've acclimated to different places. And even, you know, the people that still are there, you know, their life isn't, you know, in in the country, isn't in the rancho, isn't, you know, in those places. And so the people who used to carry that medicine, um, they don't have anyone to pass it down to, right? Like all the old remedios, you know, the beautiful um, teachings, so many things that we know that we're connected to in our spirit, And that's why having these conversations is so important because Mm -hmm. if if just one person, you know, goes back to that place and hears a story from an elder, hears, watches someone cook a certain dish, you keep that alive. You keep that heritage and that culture and the sacrifice Mm -hmm. alive Right. Because many of many of our parents who came here, if you're first generation, they sacrifice so much to be here. Right. But being able to go back to eat the foods, to dance the dance, to sing the songs, to be in that state where you just even just put your feet on the land once again to reconnect. Can the can be the beginning of your reclaiming? And we talked about how do we reclaim our medicina is as simple as making a choice. And that's where it starts. It's you deciding that you want to reclaim that how you choose to do that. You know, we'll go into and like give you tips on, you know, how to begin your process. Cause I, I think we both get like, how do we even begin? Like, where do we even start? Like, how does that, you know, what does that look like? But I think the biggest thing about the reclaiming is making a choice, just decide. Mm-hmm. That's it. Just decide that that's what you want for yourself, and I promise that your ancestors are there waiting for you, open arms. They have always been there, and once you open that door, the beautiful magic that happens and that it's awaiting you is like nothing that you're that you even expect.
1: Mm. That is just so beautiful, I, and I think that that's for me. It's a beautiful space to 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 end the hour, the ancestor hour, and how beautiful! Thank you so much. It's just, you know, um, I think that this is why we started this, right? And and I imagine, you know, in in the future as our season goes. Um, and the structure of our season goes, I imagine women and men connecting in ways or sending recipes and, and talking about their medicina and, and yes. about their family and about themselves and you know sharing all these stories with the world. So that is my prayer that I sent out to the universe I and that. that is putting all those seeds into the ground and seeing where it lands. And as far as like just the connection, thank you so much for listening and connecting with us. We are so excited to just be here and connecting with you and telling our side of the story and how, you know, what our ancestors, how we reclaimed and all the things that are going to be coming in future episodes.
0: Absolutely. And, you know, you just talked about planting seeds and, you know, this podcast is starting in the spring where we do plant seeds and, you know, water and nurture. And, you know, not only as we grow, but the things that we put out into the world and the stories that we share in, um, it's just going to be so amazing and so beautiful. And I am 100% with Danny. Um, time is one thing that we don't get back. So if you, if you're joining us and you're listening to us and you're choosing to share your time with us, we're so, so grateful. Um, and we just can't wait to continue to connect and, and share and learn and grow with each of you. Mm -hmm. With that, we want to say our
1: goodbyes. So Ciao, ciao, have a beautiful day, have a beautiful connection, until we see you for the next.
0: So many blessings. Hola, and welcome to the Ancestor Hour, where we have intimate conversations. Girl, we're going to be talking about it all. Yeah, we are. And how we've reclaimed our medicina.
1: And how you can too. So grab your cafecito and join us on this conversation. Hello and welcome to episode two, where we'll be talking why it's so important to reclaim your magic with your hosts, Daniela and Georgina. Oh my gosh, Mama. Hello,
0: hello. Hello, loves. How's everybody doing today? How are you doing, Mama?
1: I am good. Excited about this conversation. Oh my gosh. I know we've been jamming on this for a while now, um, pre-even talking about creating a podcast. So I'm excited to dive in with you on this. And with
0: you guys as well. Absolutely. There's so many um, ways to reclaim our magic. And it's so personal. And there's no one way to do it. So I love that we're having a conversation where we can really dive into what that would look like for you and give you some tips and share with you the way that we were able to connect Um, because it's so different because our magic is so different Mm -hmm. that every step is you know a beautiful personal journey and I really believe and I know Daniela believes this too that You know, you're right on time every time. There's no set time limit for you to discover it when you step into it, reawaken it. So have fun and enjoy it. Mm -hmm. Why
1: is it that we put time on these things? Like, I remember when, right? I remember when we first connected and I was like, I feel so old, (laughs) like starting to reclaim and the shame around that. Um, starting to reclaim my medicina when I
0: was in my 40s. Same. It felt like we should, it's the should all over ourselves, Mm -hmm. right? We should be doing it this way. It should look that way. We should have, you know, our shit figured out already. And Mm -hmm. it just feels that that was a construct to fit inside of a box. But the reality is, our magic is so vast, it was never going to fit in a box.
1: And I also think that there is, like, a lot of um, this imagery, at least for me, right, this imagery of, you know, what a medicina woman looks like, you know, or, or you know, there's almost, like, in my head this image that comes up of, like, this really young woman, Um just starting, kind of off in the world in her twenties, and like you know, just all the things that the freedoms and the um, the leisures that she could create in her life. And then the other image that comes up is of this older woman, the crone, right? Um, who again has the freedom. I think that's the key for me, at least that I'm getting to know right now at this moment is. It's like you have the freedom to create the spaciousness and the the um, the connection to yourself and to your medicina, right? So, I feel like when we are starting, at least for me, when I started to reclaim that medicine, it's like what what does what does it matter what I look like? Yeah, I have two kids who are currently in that teenager phase. Um, so you know that I'm just driving, being the chauffeur at this moment um, for everybody. Um, so it's like, all right, does the medicine woman look like um, she's in the car with all the softball team and yelling and screaming um, and driving her son everywhere and all this stuff? Or for me, it looks like Does it look like me sitting at home, like meditating? Like what, what is it about these images that we recreate in our minds of what it's supposed to look like? I don't know if you ever had that experience.
0: Yeah, absolutely. You know, I, I think title, the title of, um, medicine woman, the title of curandera, the title of, um, elder Um, all of these things and what they represent that for me it was something that was granted right It, it was something that your community gave to you it is something that you don't necessarily claim for yourself and it comes with vast amounts of knowledge and lots of experience and um, it's almost higher up, like on this pedestal, right? And so for me, when I began that path, that was never something that I wanted to attain because it just didn't seem like it was for me um, in that sense, like being so so much um, magic and so much medicine. And it wasn't until I met my maestra, Maestra Cici. And she was big on, like, make it your own. You know, your magic is your own. Your, la medicina is para todos. And she would always say that the, med- the medicine is for everybody. It's not just, she's like, what am I going to do with it when I pass? What, what's going to happen to all, all of my knowledge? What's going to happen to all the remedios? What's going to happen if I don't share it? If I don't help you, you know, ignite that within yourself? I can give you the tools, I can give you that stuff, but if I keep that and I keep that and that's only for me, what's going to happen to that? And I thought that was such an important thing for me when I began um, my curanderismo um, apprenticeship is that my medicine was never going to look like hers because I'm not her. My ancestors My magic, the way I show up in my life, the way that I communicate, the way that I move, the way that I speak, the way that I dance, the way that I, you know, make love, the way that I cuss, that is me. My essence was never going to be like hers. It's never going to be like yours. So how can I compare my magic to anybody else's? And so, Mm -hmm. you know, we kind of have this joke because I have an amazing kalpuli and Like we don't look like your abuelitas curanderas, right? Like there's tats and there's like, you know, pink hair, purple hair. There's LBGTQ. There's like all this beautiful mezcla and mix of souls who are just called to walk this path. And we're just like, well, we're not your grandma's curanderas. And I love it because that visual of you, you could only look this way or it has to fit in this certain box no longer pertains because that's not where we live now. We don't all, we aren't all able to live in just one community and learn from each other, right? We don't all have the same experiences and we have to honor that just as much as we honor the magic and the medicine that we are individuals and what we bring to the table is just as important.
1: I love that. I love that that concept that you're we're not our Awadita's, Uh, medicine woman you know it we completely looked a different way and I think that that's where at least for me like how different cultures and like take from other cultures right so I think that that's where I think that there is like almost like I want to put clarity to that space in this podcast because I think that a lot of times when we see something, right, when we connect to something and we see somebody doing it and we see somebody doing it well, and I think that that's where the difference is. Like, I can remember uh, connecting, at least for me, to cacao. Um, and I when I first connected to La Medicina and to that plant medicine, it was done so beautifully. It was done so just the things that came out of me at that time was just so beautiful. And I connected to my ancestors in such a way. And it was really my first time that I really allowed myself to feel my ancestors, my Awadita's medicine within me at that time. And I remember thinking, like, this is really, really sa- sacred. And in my body, like, I knew that this medicina was really not, not part of my culture because, you know, I'm Mapuche. And obviously, you know, this uh, um, cacao is Mayan Mexican. And so I really wanted to honor where that medicine was coming from. So it really took me years in order for me to really connect to my teacher and to the the kind of the yearning to have you know create ceremony around this but also knowing that this is this is not my medicine but I also feel called to it. So I'm going to connect myself with people who our our elders and who understand the medicina and who can teach me in a beautiful way and can teach me what I can and cannot do within the ceremony. And almost like a given permission was really what I was seeking. Was like, oh can I I love this and it's calling to me so strongly. And I really, really think that I could create such honor to this medicine and to where it comes from. And am I allowed to do this? So obviously it was my body and my soul and my ancestors who were like, Hey, like honor where this comes from because this is really not yours. And also like go and look at your lineage as well, as well, you know, like look at how we do things instead of cacao, we have yerbas, you know, and, and so it's really such a an honor right and it gets it gets a little dangerous because that person you know even within even within the different cultures that person had brought me to such a beautiful level of understanding my medicina within me and i was also yearning to learn and sometimes some medicinas are not for everybody and that's literally okay like I think that people need to understand that
0: absolutely and I think it goes at the very beginning you said you know taking something and I think that's really important um, as far as the conversation is what is it that you're taking and what is it that you're giving back Because the reciprocity that needs to occur, if you take something that is not yours, that just, let's be honest, that's a very colonized mentality that this, just because this is accessible to me, that I can do this thing, right? Right. And one of the things that I have learned, and I loved, you know, your last statement about just because it's available to you, doesn't mean it's for you. And that is okay. Because if we if we look back, and because we are talking about cacao, if we look back at the history of cacao, um, it was sacred and it was used in ceremony. And there were people who were brutalized. There were people who were. Um, there was a genocide committed. There were um, countless of atrocities that happened to the indigenous people that continue continuously even now um happen to the indigenous farmers who grow this sacred cacao um for you know for worldwide consumption and it's not always ethically sourced they're not paid what they're supposed to just for consumer greed in a ceremony for people who don't understand what it even is in order to make a profit and not help community, which is a huge difference. Because these medicines are for community. They were always for community. They were always for ceremony. They weren't to make a profit. So the way that your intentions show up around different practices, is it is it to feed your wallet or is it to feed your community?
1: Mm-hmm, There's a very girl.
0: big difference, right? There's a very mm-hmm. big difference in the way that you show up in your own practice, if you're doing it for yourself, and you're honoring that, you know what, just do some research, you could appreciate and purchase from indigenous farmers and do this thing for yourself. But if you then have had such a profound experience that you want to share it with somebody we want, you you know, we want the beautiful medicinal, spiritual healing that happens, we want that to be shared, because overall, we want our collective consciousness to rise the more people that can heal the better we are for it but just because it had that effect on you does not necessarily mean that you are now in a place where you can start teaching others how to do something that you have not taken time that you have not um sat with asked permission in order to do because certain medicines certain practices come at the blood literally of other cultures and it's important and I, to know the difference I,
1: yeah I think that that's really the part that's that a lot of people I feel don't don't understand is that you know, it is profound and it is beautiful. It's medicine. Like we can talk about cacao as much as we can talk about ayahuasca. We can talk about other forms of ceremony that is um, that is within cultures, right? And it's really important to honor the space where this medicine came from and how some people, like all people, I could, I could, I should say really had a hard time because like you said, like it was, it was literally either stolen from us or we got beaten or we were killed. Like I, there is so much trauma within it that for us to reclaim and say like, no, like you should not be doing it. And sometimes, like I said, it's not for you. Like if you had such a profound experience and you want your friend to experience the same thing, send them to the same person you went to and had the same profound experience. Like, I love that you brought up the whole monetary thing, because I think that that's another space where we, as in the indigenous community, at least for me, I like, I, I really struggle with that space because it's like, you know, we, we take time learning, we take time, um, you know, really honing in into our medicine, like, you know, your apprenticeship, like, how long are you, have you been in it? And all, all the things like how long I took for to learn cacao and felt comfortable, even sharing in a in ceremony cacao, you know, I remember the first couple of times, I'm like, I'm just gonna, I'm gonna practice, so I'm not gonna ask for money like I'm going to practice because it was like I need to I need to connect to this medicine and know that I'm doing it well and honoring the elders and honoring the medicine the way it needs to be honored. And I really don't think that a lot of people and a lot of people think about that part at all. They just think about how good it feels how much they can spread or even sometimes it's not even about the money. It's about fame and about how many times like this thing is shared on social media. It's, it's literally takes away from the sacredness
0: of that medicine. Absolutely. And, you know, to, to add on to that because there are across, across the world, there is, no part of this country other countries that haven't had war that haven't had suffering that haven't had um things within their spiritual community something happened i mean if you go i I know you were just in ireland and the irish people they had horrible things happen to them with within their celtic and their celtic and you know different things within their own communities you can go to um like the Dominican republic and places like that you can go to africa i mean all the different places that have had ceremonies long before a religion came into it that they have lost right, right? right. there's stories that have been lost there's artifacts that have been lost there's um, communities sometimes
1: have been lost like i know how many in chile like there's communities that have been genocide because of their indigenous blood. Like it's just sad to really not connect all those pieces and not think of the people who have been at the forefront and who have had so much sacrifice
0: just to connect to to the world. To preserve the histories, to preserve the medicine, to preserve the ceremony when they were being persecuted and all of this knowledge, so many, so much of this knowledge. And I know cacao is one of them um, and the Mayan teachings. Um, they didn't start opening back up their knowledge to the world until 19 in, in 1985 or six, it's just recent that they started sh- once again sharing their knowledge because within them there's there's a time period of rebirth and that's a whole different story. But it took them literally hundreds of years to once again now be in a position that they're sharing. Yeah, And, and um, that is a great honor for the rest of us because there is so much knowledge in that. Like in so many different... Um, uh, different indigenous tribes across the world. We can learn so much across the Aborigines in, you know, Australia, you know, certain tribes that remain untouched in the Amazon. We're still finding medicinal plants, you know, mm. but once again, even those things, are we honoring the land? Are we planting t- trees to replace, you know, what's right. being taken? I mean, this goes, this isn't just for us. This goes across across the world and the things that you choose to incorporate and bring into your life like I said I don't think we don't want to raise a higher consciousness but we want people to really be able to reflect are you appreciating the medicine and what it's doing are you taking it and appropriating it to benefit some sort of monetary gain without giving back to the community like what is it that you're doing with this
1: Right. And I think that also, like, I want to kind of touch in before we kind of close out um, about the popularity. Like, I really think that the thing about our society right now is that we're living in such a, such a fast paced kind of world, right, where something becomes really popular, somebody, like did something that was really popular. And all of a sudden, it's really kind of the trend to be doing something and I'm just stuck on cacao just because that's where I am and I see it Mm -hmm. um, there was a, a space here where they did cacao and I was super excited because I was like oh somebody is doing cacao around here amazing like let me connect to her and it was like it was I really had to bring her into the conversation that we're actually having now and just say like that's really disrespectful that the way that the way that you're doing cacao like if you want to do cacao then you should learn what like the history and and really learn from somebody who who can teach you the appropriate way of doing cacao you know and it doesn't those kind of things happen like those kind of things happen when they're not they're not um you know like, talked about or, like, or given um, conversation around or given fuel around. The other thing that, at least for cacao, because it's become so popular, that there is now mixtures of, like, they've, they've, they've taken cacao and kind of mixed it with other things so that cacao grows faster. Because in, nat- in its natural state, it takes time for it to grow. Like mm-hmm. it takes time for it, the medicine to come into play. And now they're adding things to the cacao itself mm-hmm. that, that creates it. So that it's. Yeah, it and yeah. like the demand, you know, versus whatever that's called, but there's high in demand so that you, you know, they're trying to create the, the cacao for the demand. So. I just think that there is something to be said about one connecting to the medicine and letting the person who you feel really connected to—a uh, uh, a medicine woman, a shaman, you know, curandera, like people who know the medicine, who connect to that medicine, who have learned from other places—like ask questions when you're connecting to th- these people. Like, where did you? learn this from? How long did you learn this? Like in any ceremony, right? Like where, you know, where is this medicine from? Is this part of your culture? Like,
0: you know, there's so much. And how, in- how did you connect? I mean, no person who is truly about sharing the medicine is going to be offended when you yeah. ask them questions about how they connected to the medicine, where they learned it from how they share it, what what in their heart space wanted them to, to come to this place and teach it, Who was their elder? Like no no person that I know of that's in community in this space is going to um, not want to share with you why why they teach this thing because it has touched them in a certain way.
1: Yeah, and I'd be wary of the person who can't give me an answer, like, or gets offended because again, like we, we've all learned it from, from somebody I've taken my time, you know, Georgina has taken her time with her medicine, you know? So we've all have connected to different, to different teachers and different elders and have spent time and can connect to those pieces. So please like, If you're going to go to a ceremony, connect to the person, ask them questions, see where it comes from. And in your heart, like if the person is getting agitated or doesn't know the answer or then also say no to that, like be proactive in that. Don't give them your money, knowing that they're not doing it in a
0: space where they. Yeah, they're honoring the people. They're honoring the lands. And you can ask them, where is the cacao sourced from? I want to make sure that I'm honoring the farmers. I'm honoring the land. Is it ethically sourced? Is it... Ask, ask the questions.
1: Yeah. It's really, really important. Because as much as we can say that those people shouldn't be taking and, like, you know, all the things... It's also the people who give, you know and and it, you do have a tool and that tool is your voice and your voice can ask. So please be be conscious of that space and be conscious of of who you're connecting to and, and where that medicine comes from and how they've received that medicine for themselves. absolutely. Yeah.
0: And if it's you wanting to learn, there are there are people and there are places and there is research that you can do to connect with a medicine that you feel is calling to you. I mean, I've been in multiple classes that that community, like Danny was saying, um, you know, the Mayan culture is not her culture, but she felt called to share this medicine, and so she went and she did her. Research and she's not only in appreciation, but she also um, took the time and invested in herself um, to learn. And there's something very transformational that happens when you take the time to learn the background, to learn the history, to learn the stories. And that goes across the board. Um, for any practice, for any Mm -hmm. practice. So um, just use your intuition. I love that. (laughs) I love that. And it's really, it's literally
1: that simple, right? Just use your intuition. It's just Just so beautiful.
0: You know, you know, when you see something, And it makes you feel a certain type of way. You're like, oh, they're copying. They're being disrespectful. Appropriation. You know the difference. You know when somebody's in integrity, when they're showing up, they're having a conversation. They're freely giving of themselves appreciation. You know the difference. Yeah. You know the difference. And
1: if you see, like, at least I remember one time somebody had come up to me. She's like, oh, I went to a cacao session, a cacao ceremony. And they literally did like hot chocolate. And I was like, oh my goodness. Like, I was like, well, and how did you feel? She's like, I couldn't take the, like, it, there was something in me that couldn't, that couldn't take that hot chocolate. You know, it was, I knew, I didn't know of cacao and I didn't know of cacao ceremony. It was my first time experiencing it. But in my body, like, I knew that that was not right. Right. So, Even if you don't know, right, even if you don't know, like your body's going to tell you, like, it's, it's literally going to be like, hey, like, no, this doesn't feel right. So like Georgina said, please listen to your intuition. So beautiful. Like, I love having this conversation with you, Mama. I feel like we can go on for a a long time with this whole thing. And maybe we'll revisit it at another time.
0: Yes, yes, there's, there's. So much more depth that you can go into it and becoming. I, you know, if you want to become a practitioner, you want to do stuff, that's a whole different conversation. And we can touch base on that. But for now, for today, we want to lift up the higher consciousness. We want everybody to feel in a place where they reclaim and reawaken their magic and their medicine and do it in a way that feels good to you. So trust yourself, trust your voice. It's not going to steer you wrong when you show up in integrity and you show up in honesty and you show up in a place that not only you honor yourself, but you also honor your ancestors.
1: Girl, that's just
0: beautiful.
1: I love that. So if you guys are listening and obviously want to know a little bit more about us, um, I am... You know, we're both on IG because we're cool cats like that. Amazing, right? (laughs) Um, I am, my IG that you'll find me in is I am Danny McDonald. um, And you can also just, um, you know, find me on my website at DannyMcDonald.co. Georgina, why don't you tell them how you can find,
0: how they can find you? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, I'm also on Instagram. It's curly silver fox, or you can go on to my website at mujermagic.com. Um, both Danny and I offer um, different types of sessions, ways to work with us. Um, obviously, Danny does amazing cacao um, ceremonies along with other things. So please go ahead and check us out. You could always, always, always. Um, just reach out to us with any questions and we'd love to help um, answer any questions. And if you haven't signed up, um, there's also um, a download that you can sign sign up for that helps um, kind of just dis- how to reawaken and how to connect to your ancestors. So make sure you sign up for that.
1: Mm-hmm. I'd love that. Um, And thank you so, so much for listening, and we'll catch you on episode three. Ciao, ciao. Bye.